Welcome to the Digging Dexter Podcast with Victor. And uh, Colton Duffy. This is Victor, and now that Colton has his stitches from playing on the treadmill, despite me telling him not to, I'm joined by Colton. Colton, good evening. How could you even see if I have him, though? I've got all this beard in the way. I would I would never. If I fell on my chin, it's just an automatic padding. It's just going to go like a little pillow, and I'm just going to be like, oh, that's comfortable, and I'm just going to kind of... <laughs> well, to be fair, it wasn't you. It was your stunt double. It was my, my 58-year-old <laughs> stunt double. <laughs> we are here to discuss episode 810, Goodbye Miami. couple things. Colton, I don't know if you feel this way. Um... After the past two weeks of having guests, this episode feels like you ever have people over and like almost like all day or like, let's say like a holiday. Mm-hmm. And after everyone finally leaves, you're like, Whew, that was a good time. But I'm glad everyone's gone now. What? Much respect to our guests, Slipmaker. Mm-hmm. Much, much, much respect to uh, Aaron and Dale of the Deeply Discussing Dexter podcast. And it has nothing to do with them. But as uh, uh, a podcaster and, and someone who's trying to like juggle multiple plates, it's a lot. Yeah. And it was good we had them on. It's nothing against them. It's just it's a lot. And this episode just sort of feels like, all right, n- now me and Colton can just go in bed and watch some TV and call it a night <laughs> and discuss Goodbye Miami. <laughs> do you feel like that or or not really? No, I do. I, I do. Yeah, like. Yeah. So two things on that one. One, when I did that with my podcast, I remember one time I did three episodes in one week. I told you about this because you were a guest on one of them. I had the guy from Lazarus is his name. Shout out. He has his own podcast now as well. Uh, Lazarus in uh, England. He was on. And then I had another person. I cannot remember who my other guest host was on that one. But it was three in one week because my co-host at the time, Chris Como, he couldn't be on. And um. When me and him got to record again, I was like, oh, this is it. This is what I like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're it just was... going to chill. This is going to be nice. <laughs> and because of everything, that that's pretty much going to be our only guess because I don't think I could do that when we start New Blood because we're going to be cramped already as it is. We're doing and a lot. All those logistics of just like getting everything. Like, you know, I, I'm someone who pride themselves on having good audio and there was so much going on last week that all of our audios kind of got messed up. So my, my last episode, eight or nine, um, make your own kind of music. And it's no one else. It's nobody. It's in the end, it's my fault for not like checking on it, but it's nobody's fault. Um, so it was just a lot overall. Um, it's so the again, game. thank you. Thank you to them. Actually, yeah. a little, a little um, uh, uh, guest news. Slipmaker's video got taken down on YouTube. What? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, for something copy, some copywriting stuff. Um, I don't or know like the full thing. Audio I know run like one second too long or something. Something, something. I, I don't know the specifics of it. I know Slip knows a lot more about it than I do. Um, but I, I saw he was sort of going through an appeal process. So um, I think he's going to try and upload it some other way or fight it. But, you know, it sucks if you're listening to this podcast at a later date. Well, that those episodes yeah. and you didn't get a chance to listen to it, uh, watch his video. Um, but that's just something I know he's dealing with. Uh, 
Oh, Slip just said in the chat, it, it should be up tonight. Um, I'm surprised we get away with as much as we get away with, but we're not as popular or as good as Slip. And I don't know if we um, deal with as much infringement. You know, we're kind of, we just have slides. I, I I don't even know what I'm trying to say just in terms of like, I don't think we share as much, but thank unless you to we Slip. On... What's up, Slip? And thank you. To, what, yeah, so what happened? I was like, unless we were on, um, what's the other thing? The other streaming thing? Twitch, um, Twitch. We we have been banned two seconds. Yeah, Twitch. Yeah, again, the one of the the I feel like one of the loud, the funniest internet's interactions was Metallica being DMCA'd on their own stream <laughs> while they were playing for a concert for Twitch. That's just so where we are in 2021. <laughs> Roxanne is joining us. Hello, Roxanne. Long time no see. Hey, Roxanne. Uh oh. Uh, okay. See, this is what I mean. This is why we can't have more than it should only be Jen in the chat because I can't handle too many people. <laughs> that night we had slip on. I was like, you know, this is not yeah, a good all uh, over audio it. media, but it was just like, oh my god! And those guys were so funny. Okay, a couple cleaning house items we had to do. Last episode we were debating, and I think it's a good general debate in general. Um, what season is worse slash better, season six or season eight? If we could agree. That those are the two bottom seasons. I know. I know a lot of people, and I'm always surprised that people hate season five for as much as they do. Season six versus season eight seems to be the which one is worse. So, yeah. Team Digging Dexter selected season six as the worst. As the no, we selected season eight as the worst season. Season eight is the worst. So let's just say let's do better because that's easier. We selected season six is the better season than season eight. I just don't team, want to put better with season six. <laughs> team deeply discussing Dexter selected season eight as better than season six. In the chat, Jen selected. Uh, I wish I had a drum roll. All I have is a spinning wheel. This is breaking the tie. And this is official, meaning whatever she selected is what is the better season. So um, let's see what she selected. She said Harry Potter. Weird. Ah. <laughs> no. She said season eight was better. And then she she further comment, uh, clarified that because of Jennifer Carpenter's acting. One more thing, and I want to get back into that for a second. Tomorrow, if you listen to this on Monday when the podcast drops, um, Scott Reynolds is uh, doing his Dexter wrap-up podcast. He started it for season seven, season eight. And much like Dale was saying, the behind the scenes on Dexter, there's nothing. You cannot find anything. There's commentaries from season one uh, for like two episodes, and then that's it. And you think about like, if, if you're ever bored at work and you're mm -hmm. YouTubing stuff, one of the best things to do, I like to do, is type whatever show I like and then bloopers or behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. You know, you ever see like, um, uh, it, it's just coming to my mind because it's the first thing that pops up. You know, so many movies are CGI'd and you get to see like what the actually soundstage that it is that they're <laughs> filming on. And it looks like nothing. The one that comes to my mind is um, Avengers Endgame when they do the big scene at the end. And you see it's like this little room and they had like different actors at a time. Yeah. And I just love seeing that uh, the office bloopers are always funny. Breaking Bad bloopers are really funny. And you see how much fun these people have on the sets because like, you know, you always talk about like like – you know, the, the actors at any time behind the scenes, they always talk about how much fun it is shooting because some of these lines they say 
when they yell cut, they all have to start laughing, and especially when they start messing up lines, you know? Um, right. And there's nothing of that from Dexter. There's absolutely, like, nothing. The closest they have to that is Scott Reynolds, one of the writers on this new season, and he's been a, a writer for Dexter for quite a while, is doing, he does a wrap-up podcast. So every, every episode this season, season eight, he did um. He did a sit down with either an actor or a writer or a director from the episode. Mm-hmm. And then he does like a longer interview um, with a special guest, uh, one of the actors. Okay. That is starting tomorrow. It's dropping for Dexter New Blood. I don't know exactly what he what he's going to do because usually he reviews the episode with someone involved. But I'm assuming it's going to be like Michael C. Hall talking about, I don't know how much new stuff we're going to get, but... That's just, if you're obviously listening to this as a Dexter medium for a podcast, that's definitely something you want to start checking out. And uh, like Jen said, I think Showtime is starting, the Showtime Twitter started tweeting out that they're doing a Twitter live and they're watching their, you ever see this on Twitter? They they do like a watch party yeah, and they'll tweet out stuff. And so they're starting that tomorrow. Um, so just, you know, we're getting closer and closer, you know, starting tomorrow where start the countdown from like a month away. Because uh, oh tomorrow God. will be October 1st. Yeah. Back to what I was talking about regarding season six versus season eight. Jennifer had mentioned that Jennifer Carpenter's acting is what holds season eight above season six. Would you agree that the Dexter as a whole strong point is Michael C. Hall's acting? Up until this season, yeah. Do you think this season it's changed his acting? I just I feel like he was just phoning it in almost this whole season. Like literally almost every episode that I can think of, I'm just like, does he even really want to be here? Like I kind of get that feeling. Her, Jennifer, amazing. Like don't get me wrong, Jennifer, amazing. Um, but him, yeah. The but that's only this season. I, I kind of feel that way. So I never really thought that, and I always okay. thought the show. The only reason why it doesn't go down as the biggest worst show ever is solely because of Michael C. Hall's acting. Mm-hmm. I never thought that about this season. When I started reading around to see what was the thoughts around this time when this aired eight years ago, a lot of people started saying even Michael C. Hall starts phoning it in. And, you know, like... Uh, um I don't know what other analogy I could come up with, but if you're dating someone and once you start to think like, Hey, I'm not sure this is going to work. Like that's it. Like it's, it's in your head and you can't like get it out of your head. That's how I feel with Michael C. Hall's acting now. Like (laughs) I think he's phoning it in, but not because he's a bad actor. No, it's because like the material, like we're just, we're getting into some crazy wild shit. um, Of, of this episode and this season. I think it's that. I think it's the material he's being given, and I think that they. This sounds bad, and I and I would, I would like to think he's more of a professional than this, but it makes me wonder if it's also they know he knows how it's going to end, right? Like he knows they're starting episode one filming. He knows how it's going to end, and he, he's just sitting there like, "The fuck are we doing?" And so then the entire time he's like, I don't even want to do this. I don't, I, I've already signed the contract. I have to, but I don't really want to even <laughs> do this. And so he's just doing the bare minimum to mm-hmm. meet it. I, hopefully he, that's how I would be, but I'm not a professional. So <laughs> hopefully he's more of a professional than me, but that's just the feeling I get when I watch this season. I know from listening to that Scott Reynolds podcast, Dex, uh, Michael C. Hall knew the ending 
they told him on the day they were filming the season seven finale. Okay. They said they told him how it was all going to end. Or it may have been the season seven premiere, one of them. No, season seven finale, because they said like they went right into season eight. And that's why back in 2013, there's only a six month gap between season seven and season eight. Um, so w- with that being said, we can get into this episode again. It's episode 810, Goodbye Miami. Mm-hmm. Me and you were having somewhat of an interesting, interesting conversation in that I did not think this episode was as bad as the previous two. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say, when I say that, it's almost you take the notion of like, wow, so you're I'm not saying you said this. I'm just yeah. saying it sounds like I'm starting to say, oh, this episode was good. Okay. I just simply you think if do you think these this episode is worse than the previous two? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you think so then mm-hmm. if I flip it on you and do exactly what I just said I didn't want to say to myself this episode you would rank which which is the better? Can you rank the previous three episodes if you could remember? We have um are we there yet, which is the road trip to the Keys and Hannah and then last week, making your own kind of music where you have the software mm-hmm. of, you know, de-aging a, yeah, yeah, or yeah. aging up a baby Saxon. And then obviously this episode, I think this episode is you know what? boring. Go ahead. If we're going to put it that way on those three, you saying that road trip, I'm actually putting as number one. I've already said it. My reasoning why is because of Zach, no matter what anybody says, I like Zach as a character. I think they misused it. That's just how. It is what it is. I, I'm going with that one. Um, I actually going to put this next, and then I'm going to put uh, make your own music. Now that you're okay. like, now that I'm really thinking about it, this is in the middle. I think. I think what this episode has that the other two don't have, and there's some really silly, crazy plot contrivances in this episode. This episode is, I think, what's what's. <laughs> this is so funny to say. It's a detriment to the episode, but it's also it's, to me, it's what kind of saves it. This episode is boring and it's like just like a drama. Yes. Like just nothing kind of happens. And it's a filler. In- this is literally a filler episode. That's all this is. Right. There's all there's we you've mentioned this before. There is five minutes in this episode that matter. And that's the last five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and that's it. Like other than that, no part of this really honestly matters. I mean, we'll get it. I'll get into my complaints yeah. about it uh, in a little bit. But yeah. Something like I've always said, and I know Showtime listens to the podcast because they took my advice. Ten episodes Dexter should have always been. Could have helped so much of everything. And even you kind of see like the format of some of these shows, um, half-hour episodes. Some of them may creep into like the 35-minute mark, but that's a whole over overarching mm-hmm. discussion. Um, I do have – I did separate the storylines in terms of Deb and then everything else. Okay. If That's I go that what, route, you're okay? That's pretty much what I have. So so on the Deb storyline, um, Dexter, <laughs> man, there's so much to talk about, and there's also nothing to talk about. Dexter comes to Deb's house and sort of tells her that he's moving to Argentina. Uh-huh. This rewatch, (laughs) this rewatch really started to make me, I'm I'm at a different point in my life. And again, I say this every episode, forgive me, 
when you start and really analyzing it for stuff to talk about, you kind of look at things a little bit differently. Way differently. My my proverbial, it didn't actually, because the show doesn't evoke that kind of emotion from me, but my heart broke for Deb as a character. Okay. For everything they went through this season. And after all of that, the person who tried to kill Deb, again, we're, we're a few episodes away from Dexter would have done anything to get Deb in his life. Mm-hmm. A few episodes later, he's like, hey, I know I'm your only family. Peace. It's yeah. just like, poor Deb. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like out of all the plot stuff that the, the, the season eight has going on, that could have added more turmoil to their relationship. You know what I mean? Like it's. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you: You didn't feel that, or did you? I no, felt, I, I did. felt so bad for the Deb character mm-hmm. of just being shit on by Dexter, which she always has. But this after we're, we're yes, it's different. We're a little bit more in the open now. I know you're a serial killer. I killed for you. Everything the Deb saga. It just it broke my heart. It was like this is really shitty. Yeah. Of Dexter. No. So just what, like what you were saying, not even three days ago in Dexter world, um, Deb was smoking crack and in a hotel room or sorry, snorting Coke and in a hotel room and Dexter's doing whatever he can to get her back. Now a girl who tried to kill Deb last season, poisoned her again this season is at their house. Now, mind I can't remember if it's this episode or if it's next episode. I think it is this one. I'm sorry. I'm actually getting them a little bit mixed up, but I'm 99% certain it's this episode. Um, they're in the backyard at one point. De- uh, Dexter, um, Hannah, and Harrison, and well, a- except for Harrison, they're having a beer and they're hanging out like the perfect little family. They've got like little tiki torches going on and stuff like that. Mind you, this is Deb's fucking house. But they're just in there having a grand old time. Deb feels not only out of place in her house, then she's also, oh, well, Dexter's also going to Argentina. I don't have my dad. I don't have anybody in my life anymore. And you're just going to disappear. That's it. Like, I don't know. It's, and again, when they were all sitting, Dexter gets away with it because she kind of accepts it and all that. But when they were all sitting there as a family and Deb walks in, it just further broke my heart for the Deb character of just like, this is so shitty. Just having this. It's like watching. I mean, I know we could joke about the fact that Deb was in love with Dexter, but it's it, it's equivalent to, I mean, literally, God, your brother who you know meant everything to you and you had all this turmoil is literally sitting there, you know, everything like you said, sitting there being this happy little family. And Deb has to walk in on that in her house. With the woman who tried to kill her, you know, um, yeah. a, a thing in sports is kind of like, you know, you do metrics of who's a better team and whatnot. And this happened. This applies more to football, but you get a bounce one way, and an entire season, an entire team season changes. Like, if you, a few bounces go a certain way, there's different Super Bowl winners all across time. Mm-hmm. If Deb driving that car in season seven would have hit something else or like turned that a different, she could have been dead. Mm-hmm. And this is the woman in her house that her brother who was begging her to be with her. It's just with her. It's so, Oh, it's so shitty. And this is why I remember not, this is why I didn't like the Dexter character. Once the show ended, 
this is a shitty, selfish person. And he always mm-hmm. has been, but not to this degree, you know? No, because, like, you, we can get into the argument on if Hannah really loves Dexter or not. We can get into that argument. I'm going to go with the show on that one. As you, w- way back to following, I guess, y'all's first season with the Digging Dexter podcast, Fall the Coke, right? There's nothing in my mind that lets me think that Hannah doesn't love him, so we'll go with it. But uh, <clears throat> Deb is the one person that actually knows Dexter his whole life, has been there for right. him through everything, death of father, through um, multi- multiple life events, and fuck off, like, later. It, yeah, it, I, I don't – love is blind, I guess, right? Even in serial killer world. <laughs> <laughs> So we have this, uh, we met him last episode, uh, Clayton the Marshal, and is on to Deb regarding Hannah, and we're, we're, Mm -hmm. this is supposed to be a threat to the Hannah escape storyline. Why is he wearing a jacket in Miami, by the way? Listen, the jacket Vogel, the the jacket Vogel wears, and this is August, and they said this is August, because they said it's been like six months since LaGuardia's death. August down here is fucking brutal. That's the worst month of the year. It's like 107. <laughs> that's that's the only reason why if we were in 2013, I would have been like, yes, Vogel is the brain, the brain surgeon. No <laughs> no sane person is wearing that jacket in Miami. Not even breaking a sweat. Look at that. I've been there. I was sweating so much whenever I was there. No. This guy's not no sweat, no nothing. <laughs> no. Bullshit. Honestly, Deb wearing long sleeves and pants is <laughs> suspect enough. So let me ask you, this Clayton guy, I know it's it's a show I've been meaning to watch, The Shield, mm-hmm. and apparently this actor comes from, is, is famous from The Shield. Um, he's supposed to be a threat. Mm-hmm. And I don't like saying this because I'm sort of nudging someone's personal looks, you know, something they can't help. I feel like this guy, I want to see if you agree. I feel like he just comes off too surfy slash, I don't want to say it, but doofy to like, I never viewed him as a threat. I th- I don't know if it's the, the, the dyed, the blonde hair that kind of looks like he has like tips going on. Am I, I alone on that? Do you do you don't feel any of that? Okay, I will say I didn't get that. I do I do have a weird impression of him, and again, it actually is his looks. But I think I'm going with the opposite. So it's okay. He's just way too good looking. Like in my head, I'm just like, <laughs> like who is this guy? This guy's like I, now. This is a weird angle for him. It's not the best angle. But like when he first walks in, I'm like, is this like a model? Like he's. It, it is kind of like a surfer look. I guess you could go with that, but I'm just like, this guy, he just doesn't look real, if that makes any sense. Like, it's like, there's no way this is a real human. Like, if you were sitting next to this guy in a bar, I'd be looking around, like, hanging out, like, oh, okay. Then I look over, be like, that guy's in movies. Like, I would just look at him, be like, like, you just see certain people where it's like, they're, you just know. And it's like, that guy right. is right there. That's just what, yeah, that's what I would think. And, and then to your point, and, and then more so, more so, like I was saying, I, did that? Does that lead you to like you don't view him as a threat? The, the, the show is trying to right. There's only once you get outside of Miami Metro and you done you've done the FBI thing already. You have to somehow one up the stakes. We're at you know we got three episodes left, and the next step up is like you know I, I don't know what part of the justice 
court system or whatever the marshals are, but I mean that's 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 the United States of America looking for you, right? At minimum, yeah, it's federal. Yeah, the federal the federal yeah. marshals. Yeah. Um, this guy just he just doesn't strike fear in no, me. Like just, I, I don't. I never viewed him as a threat, despite Dexter is never really in, in in danger. My whole thing, I guess, in they could have made him a little bit more of a threat, even with getting Mister Surfer good looks. They could have made him a more of a threat by just having him in it maybe a little bit more because it's whenever he does show up, it's like like with this uh, scene with Deb, it, he shows up and he asks just like a couple questions and he's just like, well, you know, like uh, we're under the impression, you know, maybe, maybe it's this, the voice. Yeah. Then, as you started saying, maybe it's some of the voice. He's like, well, you know, and I get maybe he's trying to play like this whole good cop like type of thing. But he's just like, yeah. And she's like, well, he'd be fucking stupid. He goes, okay, I just had to check you out. And then he like walks away. And like- so, so I have a great, I have a great clip and it's really hard to keep doing this episode while we just keep shitting on season eight. And it, it, it's, it's hard <laughs> to like it is, keep though. this, it's, it's, it's hard to keep I- this interesting and not just sound like two guys complaining, but there's a certain line of dialogue in the scene that Colton has as his background where Clayton comes to Deb's beach house and he suspects that Hannah's in Miami and that Dexter may be dating her. These are two clips uh, about 15 to 20 seconds apart. Uh, just listen to it and you could hear. I was thinking about this earlier. This whole entire season just feels like they wrote it and no one went back and checked it. And at no point did anyone be like, all right, all right, hold on, hold on. This doesn't fit with this here, so we have to rework it. So I want to play this clip because okay. it just it made me burst out laughing. Are he and Arlene Shram a couple? I don't know. I don't keep up with his dating life. Okay, it's just I know. Well, I don't need to tell you what a dangerous person Hannah McKay is. You know more about her than I do. If Dexter were dating Hannah McKay, I would fucking know about it. Maybe he keep from you. Who knows? Do you hear it? Because I, I, Do you hear it or no? No, I guess I don't even... Listen, specifically, Deb in the first clip says, I don't fucking pay attention oh, to Dexter's yeah, dating I life. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I already know what you're and then, And then the scene, and only because I don't want to just sit here and listen to episodes, 15 seconds later, she's like, I would fucking know if he was fucking dating Hannah fucking McKay. And it's like, well, wait, <laughs> which one is it? And why not have the fucking Clayton guy be like, well, wait a second. I thought you don't... You don't keep up with his dating life. You just said that. Right. It's it's such an obvious thing. Like, oh my God. That just feels like something that should have hey, let's let's Hmm. I wonder if he is dating Hannah. Like, that's a good point, Mr. Clayton. <laughs> like anything just besides completely contradicting the two. God. Deb is mauling coming back to Miami Metro, and I think we spoke a lot about this last episode. It, it just it doesn't have any effect on the storyline. It doesn't I don't know how Deb acts any different or her character is any different if she's in Miami Metro. In this episode, in a season that we've complained about plenty, the way this Deb and Elway storyline ends, kind of coming out of nowhere, this has the most realism to it. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoy, I enjoy Elway this episode being like, nope, fuck you. Nope, no, no, we're not going to hug. We're, nope, we don't have to do anything. Oh, I want to get my stuff. Nope, it's already packed and it'll be mailed to you. Like he's yeah. just out of it and he's like pissed and he should be because, you know, the amount of shit, you know, we're talking about he was 
kind of nursing her back to health when she was hung over to just completely getting screwed left and right. You know, yeah. what was the benefit for Elway? And, you know, um, I, I, I guess I guess I enjoyed someone not ignoring big, obvious, huge facts, like bring in some like reality to what we're dealing with, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, his mm-hmm. whole I, I, I really like his character. Like Elway has been one of the best parts of this season to me. I mean, besides um, Jennifer's acting, but his, that his character, it was a nice change. It was a different character add in. Um, <clears throat> we've seen from the beginning that she's not good at her job. I mean, he says that she is. But since she's been working for him, what has he what has she brought into him? Like she was right. sleeping with the one thing with the one guy. He dies. Okay, well, that's not her fault. That's fine. But then they don't get anything else out of it. Um, they don't find right, the or did they find? See, and that's how bad I, it is. I can't even remember if they even got the storage locker and all the stuff that they were looking for or not. Um, after El, after after El Sapa was found dead, the entire storyline is dropped. We okay. never go back to anything. So since she's worked for him this five days or however long this season's been so far, she hasn't provided him with anything. Like, what is she doing to actually earn a paycheck? You know, but he's writing her her last check. He's going to cut it. Um, but you, you like what you said. He's letting her come in. She's obviously still come in drunk a couple times. We're, we're well aware of that. She's been using and stuff like that. And that's fine. But he's looking the other way. He's cutting her a lot of slack on it. And then not only that, but he's the one that's sat here and given her advice. And then like what you said, just getting shit on for nothing because she wants to go back. I mean, I'm sorry. It's a private business. You went to go work for a private business. I went from working for the public sector to a private business. You have to understand that there's, it's a capitalism. You got to make money. That's just what it is. And she apparently doesn't do her job. (laughs) Uh, to, to, To Jen's point in the chat, Elway should have been the Clayton character. I understand he doesn't have the levity of being federal, doesn't have the federal threat behind him. But the fact that he's federal literally means nothing because uh, like Slip, <laughs> Slip said earlier when we were talking about Dexter abandoning, Dexter goes ahead and abandons Hannah and Harrison by the season's end. But why, why not help Elway with a personal vendetta to find Hannah? Why drop this new Clayton character in who, you know, the idea that he's federal, it's supposed to have some more levity to it and doesn't add anything. I mean, no. what happened, what happens at the end of next episode? I don't know if you, if you, if you know exactly what I'm talking about, but the idea, he has no idea who Oliver Saxon is and just lets him loose. Is that next episode? What? Okay. I know. Yeah. What you're, oh yeah. Okay. So that's okay. You're talking about a federal marshal doesn't know who everyone is on the manhunt for next episode um yeah elway definitely should have stayed in this role this deb breakoff should have happened earlier and elway should have really you know he could have been breaking the rules because he's a pi he's not a member of miami metro what exactly something i want to ask you that you know as 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 this series winds down something I realized that I've never cared about. And it, it happens in this episode. And I was kind of, again, like, huh, I just really don't care about this. Deb and Quinn are sort of getting back together. Yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> out of all of the love interest Deb has had, I feel like I've cared for all of them more than I care about Deb and Quinn. And 
this is one of those moments where I wish we were back in 2013 because if you would have asked me right there, like, hey, do you care about this? I would have been like, nope. (laughs) It doesn't affect me in any way. Like, stuff is just happening and I don't necessarily care for the motivation. I don't care that it's happening. I don't know how it's going to impact the story. I'm not sure I care if it impacts the story. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's all I got. I don't. Yeah. It, it doesn't add yeah. anything anything to this to me. It's the same with him and um, Jamie breaking up. Like, okay. Well. Yeah. Same thing. I don't. I never. I never had any interest um, in that. I guess that wraps up the Deb storyline. Then we can move over to the quote unquote main part of the episode. I'll just double checking on my note. Yeah, I don't have anything. Okay. Because. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just reading my notes and I try to make it sound like I'm doing it uh, cohesively. Because he doesn't leave Miami, I don't like that this episode's called Goodbye Miami. I do remember <laughs> when they listed the episode list, two things. Goodbye, Goodbye Miami is like, oh shit, like either Dexter's getting killed this episode or whatever. I was a very naive younger person then. And the last episode was titled The Gallows. You know oh. what a gallow is? Yeah, it's um, where they um they they hang people. Right. And then when you see when you see Goodbye Miami and you see that, you think there's gonna be some court procedure where, you know, um and this episode always stuck in my like, oh goodbye Miami. Wow. Sort of a um bait and switch. I mean, I guess the entire show is, but <laughs> I hate that this episode's called Goodbye Miami. No, like, no, I actually had that in my notes. I was like, why is it even called this? Like and like, I, I guess I guess if you're trying to put some pieces I mean, to fit, Vogelies Miami, but that's the but, <laughs> that's what I was gonna. <laughs> it's about the only thing I got. Um. So yes. <laughs> oh, did you have that? So, in your did you have that too? No, no. I, I I was gonna say the closest I could get is that. Vogel is no longer the the if Vogel is supposed to represent Miami, we're saying goodbye to Miami, but that still doesn't even. No, she's from Europe. Anything. She's not yeah, even yeah. Miami. <laughs> <laughs> so, last episode, I asked, "What is the motive behind? Why is Oliver Saxon, aka the brain surgeon, killing? You know, if you remember earlier in the season, he killed Lyle Sussman." Mm-hmm to dump the brain parts on Vogel's desk and why I think the ep- the explanation we got is in this episode, although I still don't get it, but I, I don't get it. I get the kill room the, now. The kill room makes sense, but yes, yes, that makes a lot more sense. But why there's there a kill room? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so th- basically what we come to learn about this is that he is wanting to get him back in contact with his mother this is going to get confusing, so I'm going to call it Vogel and Saxon. Okay. Saxon wants to get in touch with Vogel so she can treat him the way she treated Dexter. Make mm-hmm. him be a normal person with this dark passenger need to kill. Let me just bring this up and then we can get into it. Uh, Vogel gets called into Matthew's office and I, this is, man, this is another thing I wish we were in 2013. Uh, I, I've said this almost every episode and I may, I may ask you every time, do you get at all, like maybe they were cooking something up with Matthews 
being sort of the architect behind everything? Not really. No, I wish I did. The only thing I have from that scene, and I wanted to make this, I actually had this a point in my notes, is how late I maybe I'm wrong on this, but just how lazy I feel like the writing is on this. Um, mm-hmm. Because last episode I brought up, you know, we've never this entire time we've never gotten the impression that Vogel has kids until all of a sudden when Dexter finds out it's a match, right, with the DNA. And then all of a sudden this episode, Matthew's like within two seconds of her walking into Matthew's office, he's like, you know, Vogel, like when you had your sons that you know about, and it's like, wait, what? (laughs) You couldn't have brought something like that. Like they're just like throwing it out. Now it's all the hot topic to talk about is her kids. Not, but not until now, but. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just feel like that there's something there. I, I think I think and I I think why I think that is because I think I remember reading after the season that Matthews in the end kills Dexter because he failed at the master plan of being like the perfect psychopath. And that's why Vogel was brought in and that like Matthews knew Vogel and their involvement the whole time and just and Dexter sort of failed the experiment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but obviously that didn't happen. What am I? Sorry, guys. Here, um, sort of something. Almost everything with the episode and the season presents like big, big plot, big ideas with just mm-hmm. terrible execution. Mm-hmm. And I think something that we're getting, I think what we get very lazily done is the idea that like Dexter is has rid himself of the dark passenger. And he's like sort of torn between needing to protect Vogel or leaving Miami mm-hmm. to go to Argentina. And I feel like the show wants it to be a bigger moment, but there's just too much sloppiness going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because when they're talking in, in, in their office in Miami Metro, I feel like it's supposed to be this momentous happening, but like, you know, it doesn't. Um, Go ahead. I was going to say that's, I because I told you I was gonna at least put in one good point that I have this entire episode because mm-hmm. I don't want to just shit on the entire episode, and mm-hmm. them in Dexter's office is actually my good point, um, and it's only because at first I was gonna shit all over it, but I really was. <laughs> I was like, all of a sudden now she's like all like, oh well, he's my son and he wouldn't hurt me and all that. But the more I watched it and the way that she's um, the actress that plays uh, vocal, Charlotte Rampling. I really like it. Like the more I really watch that, uh, that scene, I was like, you know what? She's more or less at this point, a victim already. So it's kind of like you're a victim in a abusive relationship where she's like, everybody's telling you, get out, like get out of this relationship. You got to move and stuff like that. And then she's not wanting to hear it. Like, no, this is my son. Even though, And that ended up being my favorite part of this whole episode, because I guess it's like, I, I want to give it crap, but then I'm like, no, you know what? This is actually kind of realistic. Like this is, more like with what I would kind of like to see. Like I can kind of see this happening in a way in this type of world, at least. So, so I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that that's the good. Like if you found or you felt something was good, like that's awesome because the best thing I have to say about this episode is that it's not as bad as the previous two. Part of watching this and it's where I read this at this next scene when they go to Saxon's lair, so to say, mm-hmm. is where I really feel like this is why the brain surgeon as a villain 
is just completely empty. So the idea is he wants to be treated like Dexter. He's begging Vogel, his mother, please treat me. Please let me exist like Dexter does. And Dale brought this up last episode. There's a lot of telling, not showing. Part of why this entire thing, and I want to see if you agree with me here. First of all, we just met Oliver, right? Now we met the real person. We were at the we met the real Saxon. Mm-hmm. He seemed to have a job, an apartment. He was able to date Cassie for a while. He made it to this age. Let's let's just say he's 35, right? Give or take. Okay. He's, we call him like, you know, a poor man's Ryan Gosling. I guess he's, I don't see it and I have no problem admitting it. I guess he's good looking. He's a handsome looking, you know, he doesn't look disheveled or anything. Mm -hmm. Doesn't look like a serial killer. What is he missing? Like he was killing all these people and no one knew it was him. He is Dexter. Like the show frames him as the Dexter you know, Dexter in the mirror, so to say. So he's saying, treat me like you treat Dexter. The reason why it's falling so flat for me is because like, well, is he suffering that bad? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, that I don't know because Dexter even says he's obviously, well, I I I guess I don't know. Let me, let me, let me further put it. Instead of wasting time on Masuka's daughter, um, something we were talking about all week that I never, I never got to, I never got to put together. But instead of giving us this Quinn slash Angie Miller, who's going to make the promotion, uh-huh. uh, e- even this episode, the, the Quinn and Deb stuff, why not show us Saxon struggling, like yeah. as a person? You know, really quick, just taking some of season four. You saw say. the, you saw the pain in Trinity. Of just not being able to be normal. He does the the hot shower. He goes to bars and gets the shit kicked out of him. It's all part of his cycle, but like you see, there's there's an internal struggle with Trinity. Mm-hmm. Saxon's sitting here saying, Please let me be Dexter. By all accounts and measures, what the show is showing us, he is Dexter. He's normal. He has yeah, he has a, it sounds like he has a decent job. Yeah, I forget what it was, surveying blueprints or or whatever. Um, I just I just don't know. He's begging to be treated, and he just seems like he's completely fine. And it's why it's like I don't even get what he's struggling for. Uh, Colton, you have you have a little girl. Uh, I imagine sometimes when she's like crying, and you have like no, you don't know what it's about. It's kind of like, well, just tell me what you're crying about. You know, yeah. um, that's sort of like how I feel about this. It's just like I, I don't even get what your struggle is supposed to be. I I don't understand it. This is why it's falling so flat to me. Well, and it's, I guess I don't understand it as well. The part I don't get is when Dexter's and this is, I guess I'm kind of piggybacking off of what you would, what you're bringing up is he killed these, whatever, like three people, four people, whatever it was in the, the mental asylum when he set the fire, we don't know about him. He has no existence other than he's apparently lived in half a dozen dozen cities or whatever Dexter says in the U S but then when he gets to Miami, this is when he decides to develop this killing but it's like you just decided one day that you know how to do all of this you have this perfect idea to do this perfect killing and to do all that what did you do in this other half a dozen cities like had he maybe killed some other people that would be kind of interesting at least i would think you're more of a threat i think you're more dangerous instead of well i killed 
these two people in Miami and now a third when you count Vogel, but I don't, yeah. I just, it, it's a very sloppy motive that I wish to show, you know, we have 12 episodes, you know, we, we always talk about there's a lot of filler. If, if the Zach storyline was just to be cut that short, why not show us more of his struggles? And yeah. I just don't, that's why it's like, I, I don't even care. I don't even care if Dexter kills him. Like, cool. <laughs> like, you know, I guess I guess we're supposed to. We'll get to the vocal part in a second. I am. I have limited. I would say I have more computer knowledge than average. Maybe not a lot, but I have mm-hmm. some. I feel like the average person, I'm a little bit of a step above. I'm almost positive the idea of hacking into someone's computer is not like a two-way street where you're also allowed to hack into their computer because in this episode Dexter gets Vogel's laptop and he's like well hacking works both two ways if I could see yeah. her computer I, I I think that kind of defeats the purpose of hacking um but I don't, I'll leave I, it to I, smarter I, computer people yeah I as far as I know of no but then yeah. again whenever I have tech issues and the tech people uh, at work go through with the other ways and they're like okay i'm gonna take control of your mouse i'm always sitting there like oh this is cool <laughs> no th- you know what that's a great example yes that um i forget what that's called but yes a- a- administrative powers you cannot <laughs> control their computer no i was gonna say but i don't think <laughs> like, i can go and control <laughs> theirs so yeah but you know what uh, we'll we'll follow the code on that one the uh i have in my notes here like that Vogel's wearing a really long raincoat when she comes to Dexter's house. She's begging him to leave Miami. And I just have like, if you talk to anyone from South Florida, Vogel wearing that long ass jacket is probably the craziest aspect of season eight. <laughs> she a hundred percent has five guns under there. and was about to go on a rampage. <laughs> oh man. And like, you know, and again, I, I Vogel is so shaky. You know, they sort of come to agreement that, Dexter needs to kill Saxon and Vogel is so shaken up. I just don't like, I don't, I don't like buy it. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's hard for me to level with the character when I just don't, I'm not invested enough. There's that. So before we get, well, I I don't know if we're going to go to it because we were just mentioning it. I don't want to miss this part because this is like, when I was talking about how much I hate this episode, this scene like is what kind of got me to like, really like, it's just a worthless scene to me. So, and it's again, this is where they're adding in stuff that I don't understand why they needed to add into it. So, because Dexter uh, is telling, you know, he needs to tell Angel that he's leaving, right? So, where do they <laughs> I didn't do even this put at? this in my notes. Where uh-huh. do they do this at? It's at a crime scene. Like, one, okay, we get Masuka's daughter who shows up after she's been smoking pot and don't care. Um, that's that. But then he literally could have had. Vogel going into Dexter's thing, Masuka, or, um, Angel coming in saying, we got to go. We have a crime scene. And Dexter could have said, hold on, man. I got to tell you something just really quick. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to be leaving to Argentina. And he'd be like, oh, my God, that's amazing, bro. And they hug it out right there, and then that's it. Instead, for some weird reason, we have to go to this crime scene, which you have four detectives on a bicycle <laughs> person that's been Why hit. Why have so many detectives at every season, at every With crime the- scene? With the killer right there. They even said, yeah, it was road rage. She's right there. She was like 18 or yeah. something like that. He was like, it was right there. There's not even a crime to figure out. You have four <laughs> detectives there. 
for this one thing. And then Dexter has to pause for a minute while he's wearing his gloves to go and hug it out while people are over there taking photos of a dead body and stuff like that. Worst scene of this. And then we got you have to. We got Angie's sighting. You have to think. Yeah, if you if you don't know who that is, we don't know either. Um, <laughs> you have to imagine you shoot scenes like that outside that's not on a stage, and even scenes that are on a stage. That shit costs money. Like you have to get you have to pull permits and shit, and, and it probably it's probably a lot of legwork to get all those people I'm, in their spots. It just makes you think like on location shooting is like, way more expensive. It's always more expensive. Right. And it's like to your point, what 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 did this scene add to anything? You know, nothing. Um, and and um <laughs> uh, um uh slip commented you know dexter this show that is famously is like murder is good but smoking weed is bad <laughs> you can tell me what to do at work but not in my personal life <laughs> like, what are we... so, oh my god <laughs> colton when we were talking about season eight in between our break between season seven and season eight like one of the things that got me like one of the small things that got me to like, ah, uh, I think I could do season eight was this scene that we're about to talk about where, and oh God, they set it up earlier in the episode, you know, little Harrison just can't get off the treadmill later. It's Harrison and Hannah and he's on that damn pesky treadmill, which is acting is phenomenal by the way. <laughs> god if you know what scene we're talking about i feel like it's the most infamous scene of dexter i guess there's other scenes that will trump it in terms of you know you could talk about lumberjack but i'm just talking about you know so many times this season i've I've said this but you have to imagine there's levels to this shit like they 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 think up a scene they film it they storyboard it. They present it to Scott Buck, the, the showrunner. He looks at it. He approves it. How did this get approved? I have no idea. It's so... Oh, it, it, it hurts me. And what's even better is when you first told me about it, I was like, what are you talking about? And then I watched it again and again and again. And every time I watch it, it gets worse. And worse, and I noticed new things, and I'm just like, "Wow, this this was yeah, like what you said. This was not only thought of, this was filmed multiple times. I can guarantee you, it wasn't filmed in one take, and submitted, and approved, and aired. <laughs> like just so on 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 the Scott Reynolds for Dexter wrap up podcast. He's like, yeah, this looks good. <laughs> I think I think we may have a opportunity to talk to Scott Reynolds one day. I think I think we're we're I think we may be fortunate enough to have him on the podcast. Oh my god. I want to talk I want to ask him about him being he was uh he was one of the rap Dexter victims that he kills and I feel like I have to ask him about this. Like when you guys sat there and reviewed the episode did no one did no one look at each other and go <laughs> next scene next scene next scene i don't know man like uh, i guess i have nothing to say besides this is so bad like i'm sitting here like oh man there's so much to talk about this leads to just bigger stuff right yeah 
Hannah has to now take Harrison to the hospital, you know, put on a fucking hat, put on sunglasses, anything, you know, this is the moment now she can't get in touch with anyone. I just don't like, I just don't like it. Like how we're getting here. Why would she use Morgan name? I don't know, man. It's just so. Do they not have like the, like, maybe y'all don't have them there. I mean, I don't know. Do y'all have like what? the like corner ERs there, like what we have here, where it's like the you know the you go in and out, like it's like um we have we have Med Express, MDNL, yeah, I guess like maybe like just... I mean we have like private ERs, like there's like three within like walking distance. I feel like of my place where it's like they're not a part of a hospital; they're literally like private owned ERs. It's like two rooms, and you just go in, you pay out of pocket for it. You're in and out really fast. They typically don't take insurance, but it's like. I've gone to one before, you know, and it was like two hundred bucks. No, we have we have like like walk in doctors, but not like yeah, ERs. we have like walk in yeah, we have like like they're called like um like emergency clinics or something like that, and they'll do stitches like yeah, huh? I just I just can't believe you know they're they're plotting and how how are we going to put Hannah in more trouble? And this is how they get to um. It. Put a scarf. I mean, everyone else in August is wearing ridiculous clothing. Put a fucking <laughs> scarf on our head. Put glasses. <laughs> Slipmaker is saying in the chat she should have shaved her head while crying like in a V for Vendetta. Um, urgent cares. Just thank you, Roxanne. Urgent cares. That's what they're called. Oh, I, I, I think they're called urgent cares, but I don't think they perform fucking stitching and stuff. But um, maybe they don't. I thought they did. And then, and then, even even the name she uses, I guess maybe you have to show ID. But I don't know, man. It, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, God, this is so dumb. I can't believe you're not. You haven't dyed your hair yet, and I, I can't believe they don't. Fucking, I've repeated myself so many goddamn times at this point. The you know what? The I do have a positive for this episode. In a sh- it's not a positive. I-, I quickly take it back. In a show that refuses to recognize anything that has happened outside of these episodes, they and I, th- th- I would like this a lot more if it had more punch slash sentiment behind it. They go back to the season one kill room, mm-hmm. the first where the, the 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 first episode that starts it is. You know, you get that choir director, and it's what sort of grips you. If you like the show Dexter, those that scene will be, you know, ingrained in your head. Um, they go back to that kill room. It's Dexter and Harry, Ghost Harry, and like I remember the first time being like, I like this. It just felt empty. Yeah, you know, you ever you ever like uh, get like a free keychain or something? It's like, well, this is cool, but I never going to use this. I'm never going to use this bumper sticker on my car. Like you know, yeah. Um, our episode ends with Vogel calling Dexter. Saxon is at her house. They had this whole plan drummed up that sort of mm-hmm. gets X'd out because Saxon shows up. And Vogel, you know, visibly shaken up. Dexter arrives just in time for Saxon to slit Vogel's throat. Why she just and... stands there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's so just like, Dexter. Yeah. No, no, no. Dexter comes over and he has this. He's almost shaking with emotion. 
and we lead up to this momentous occasion and it's like it just has no bite it just doesn't mean anything they they just didn't make me care I, I guess that's the best way I could describe how I'm feeling as a viewer like like okay Vogel's gone I met her 10 episodes ago she sort of went AWOL once Deb and Dexter went back together I know Dexter. I know Dexter is saying how much he cares and how much he needs to protect Vogel, but I don't feel that. You know, yeah. you feel way more towards Deb. I guess anybody of the other fuckers that are Miami Metro, uh, you know, and Dexter's kind of like shaking as he holds her, and it's just like, all right. I would be more upset if Jamie had died than Vogel. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know that they 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 tried that too. Um, they they try that too with Cassie, you know. Yeah. That's that's the other good looking woman they kill and whatever. <laughs> um Yeah, man. It's it's Well, had they had, and I think it was either I think it was Slip that was saying this, but it may not have been. It may have been last episode. I can't remember who it was that was bringing it up. They were saying that at one point they were kind of thinking when the episode was first airing, they were or the season was this the season was first airing, they were kind of wondering if Vogel and Oliver Saxon would kind of team up and mm-hmm. go after Dexter, which would have been badass. That actually kind of would have been kind of cool. And had they maybe gone with something a little bit like that where it was like you're kind of not sure how's Vogel going to go? Is she going to go this way? Is she going to go that way? And then he kills her? Well, then it would have been a little more of a shock. But instead, this whole episode, now, I don't remember what it was like when I was watching this in 2013, but I can tell you right now, watching it again now, when I'm watching it, I'm like, she's dying this episode. I already know it. Like, just as soon as it starts, you just get that feeling. Like, the whole episode, the way it goes, you're just like, yeah, she's dead. By the end of this episode, if I was to put money on it, she'd be dead. I had the same feeling that I had back in 2011, watching season six. Deb walks in on Dexter and because at that point we've already gotten Deb is four feet away from Dexter and Lumen but she just decides magically to walk away and I remember at the end of season six when Deb walks in on Dexter it's supposed to be this like he got caught moment and I remember feeling at the time well okay you know they're probably gonna forget about it and we're gonna go back to another season villain and whatnot Mm-hmm. This is the same way I felt here in 2013. This happened, and I was like, I think I probably switched to Sunday Night Football because I was just like, okay, oh no, no, you know what? This is September. Maybe, maybe football was on. I'm not sure. Um, but I was like, okay, like Vogel's dead. Uh, let, let's see what we got next week. I will say, every despite everything I'm saying, I think I went into the finale with high hopes. Colton, do you have anything else for this episode? Nope. I wonder if we can sort of put a challenge for these final two episodes trying to realistically provide the good in the episodes. Oh, fuck that. No, no <laughs> shot. No shot. Um. Okay, you know what? I will do again like what I did this one. I will bring up – I will do a commitment to two good talking points. I will do my best <laughs> to do two. I, I am being serious. It's going to be hard. There's going to be a lot of work. I'm going to have to stretch some stuff. Oh, my God. I will say this. We've talked about it the last episode. I actually have some. I can talk good about the last episode. I can actually I can I can sit there and I can definitely I mean, I mean, there's going to be some things I'm going to shit on with it. But I 
I can actually say some good stuff about the last one. Next episode, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like we're so, we're in such terrible territory where something may be good. I just. Oh, we got four more episodes. (sighs) What? How many episodes do we got? Two. We got Monkey in a Box, which is the penultimate episode of the series. And then we have. Um, Pendulum Ultimate. Pendulum Ultimate. What is the last episode called? Goodbye Monsters? No. Remember the Monsters. Remember the Monsters. I say something Monsters. You know, it would be fun. What is funny is that if we were, if this was a different time frame slash universe, we would be ending the series. But what's up? It sounds like you've, you thought of something. Yeah, it's, it's completely slapped my mind. So we're doing this live and on the air really quick. Um, We have forgotten. And I will get, I will get this out. Um, here in the next like at least the next two weeks uh we need to do a vote on what movie we want to do a special on between the end of this and um the special season of either mr brooks or um um oh my god Uh, american American Psycho. psycho uh i just watched american psycho only reason why i'm against american psycho i don't think we're smart enough to talk about the ending I just watched Mr. Brooks. I think I, t- I was messaging about that like about a month ago. I'm all on board yeah. for Mr. Brooks. So fucking good. <laughs> American Psycho is such a well-done film. The ending, if you Google I, like what happened, I still don't there's know. Not, there's not even <laughs> like, like Fight Club has a twist ending, and but you can go back and parse it and you could find out, okay, this is what this was. This is what that was. American Psycho, I think it will take... I, I, I'm not... you know. My lane is TV shows that are decades old, and I already know everything that's happening. You start adding movies to the mix, like I'm going to be a completely different person once we start New Blood. Um, so yes, let's let's put out that little poll um, within the weekend. You we'll, know what we'll that, that. that means? You're you're doing all this about it, so every single person's going to vote for American Psycho now. <laughs> <laughs> we can just talk about the business card for an hour, and I really uh... want a good, solid business card. <laughs> If people pick American Psycho, I'm going to be wearing what Patrick Bateman wears at the end of the movie when it's just sneakers and a chainsaw. That's all I'm going to be wearing. Colton. God, vote for Mr. Brooks. (laughs) Let's close out this episode, and we will be back next week to discuss the penultimate episode of the series. Monkey in a box. Can't nobody take my pride. Can't nobody.